Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 108 of El Vanilo, the podcast that looks at the greatest albums of all time and compares them to music today. My name is Matt, and with me, Father Mackenzie and the taxman themselves, Adam and Grace. Taxi not the father. That's You'd rather fine. be the taxman than a priest. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, there's nothing wrong with like ninety percent of the priest, right? Is that is that true? Well, I, no, don't right, okay. I, I don't know whether. Guys, one day I might be a priest. I know, and you can't demand to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, okay, fantastic. Well, there we go. How are we? Yeah, pretty good. Good, good stuff. I want to know, what's the most exciting thing you've done this week? What kind of week's it been? It's been uh, a low-level week, I can't lie. I can't not lie. even, like, any good food or anything? No. Oh, actually, bonfire night. Oh, yeah. Oh, plethora of all sorts. Um, and one of our friends made, you know, like potato skins where you scoop out the potato, yeah. mix it with cheese and bacon, put it back in the potato skin, cook it again. Exactly. Incredible. Special, that. Very special. Mm. What about you, Adam? Highlight of the um, week? I mean, I, it's been a very grown-up week for me. Me and uh, my fiance Libby, been looking at houses. Come on, starting to to set up that property ladder. Think yes, about climbing right. it. You know, get oh, that shit. generational wealth. Get that neither. Get that generational wealth. Come on, started, you know. Now. <laughs> No, but yeah, exciting. So yeah, it's been doing house viewings and stuff. Um, you never just... sounded more like a Tory, Adam. To be honest, that was <laughs> that was a crazy moment. Can't beat him, join him. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, sorry, yeah. I cut you off. T- totally scum, eat the rich. Um, <laughs> yeah, man, it's it's been it's been good. It's been very grown up. Um, so yeah, just been doing that. But it's weird walking into we're like we've seen we've seen a few houses, but like the first one we saw. We walked in, and it was literally just no, no, mm-mm, mm-mm. but like you don't, you feel rude doing that in front of like an agent, like an estate yeah. agent. You just kind of go, oh, oh yeah, oh, oh, maybe, maybe we could do that. These rooms are good size, and all that. Basically, all the, there's a very for all the American listeners who might not get this. There's a very famous English program called Homes Under the Hammer. Mm-hmm. Um, absolute essential daytime TV viewing. Um, and like I, I found myself asking the same sort of questions, or like saying the same sort of comments that they say on that. Literally walking in, and go, oh, it's a good space. Yeah, oh, yeah, it's a good. Uh, lots of air, lots of light, lots of light in it. Never said that in my life when walking to a room. Mm. You know, but hey, ha. Estate agents must hate it though. They must get so bored eventually. Yeah, and people be like, oh, look. then you just stand there, like, all right. Yeah, it's not that great. <laughs> Do you reckon they appreciate people who are like, actually, I think we've seen enough as they walk through the door? Maybe. Maybe. Make their job easier. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, there you go. That's cool, though, looking at houses. Yeah. It's pretty sick. I remember doing that stuff. I mean, I found it. I remember looking at one and um, I was like, oh, this is dead nice. And Becky hated it. And on the way home, she was like, I can't. She was like, actually offended that I liked it. Shouldn't be. She she was like, I cannot believe you liked that house. How do you think we all live there? Like literally just like ripped me apart because <laughs> she hated it that much. It was dead funny. So, you know. But ba- and then basically the only reason she ripped me for it was because the woman said, Um, you have to take your shoes off as you come into this house, basically. And she didn't want to. Crazy. And I said it, it was a nice house. And That's then, totally behaviour that. Yeah, well, you know, honestly. Someone else's house as well. They were like, the owner has demanded you take your shoes off as you come into the house. To be fair, though, all the people traipsed in and out. Wow. Well, and then I remember going into one, right? And there were a pair of boxes just on the landing. No. Yeah. Wow, that's mad. That's mad, that, isn't it? 
pair of boxes oh, just no. on the landing. Yeah. Well, there you go. I bet yeah. for our American listeners, they could find Homes Under the Hammer on um on a on a YouTube or something like that. Oh yeah. Must be there. Must be there. So there you go. Mm-hmm. Well, this week is a very special El Vanilla week because we're going to talk about Revolver by the Beatles. Another Beatles album has come our way. It's almost like they're one of the greatest bands of all time. Is it? I think so. I think so. But yeah. <laughs> but first, we're going to talk about the year that it came out, right, Adam? Is that the plan? We are. Um, and I've got I've got those new facts that made an appearance last week. Um, they're back. The new facts. New are... uh, so... 1966. Here we go. Starting like we did last time, early on in the year, this time in January. Uh, January 2nd, 1966, in Spain, the first Jewish child is born since the 1492 expulsion. I mean, how mad is that? Say it again. Let's get my head around it. So in 1492, sorry. The Jews were expelled, expelled, expelled from um, Spain and other parts of Europe as well. Yeah. Um, and uh, and so yeah, and so for five hundred. Now, how many years? Yeah, about five hundred years. No Jewish children had been born in Spain until nineteen sixty six, January second. The first Jewish child was born. In That's such a Isn't specific it? fact. How is Isn't that it? not taught to more people? Because European... No white... Jewish people allowed. Oh, because white European history is very oh. much sanitised. Yeah, um, have, so, yeah. have you not realised how terrible white Europeans are? Has yeah. that not crossed your, uh, your path? I did, that was a thing. Mm-hmm. One, in, one great example of, of how... Um, so to evacuate people to th- look at two things and um, to kind of explore um, how Jews were treated in Europe in the 1400s, 1500s um, is if you look at one, Shakespeare's The Merchant of Venice because um, that is all about the stereotypes of um, Jewish people um, so that that's part of it and then also in York there is a place that is very much for the British people, especially Northern British people. In the city of York, old York, not New York, there is a tower called Clifford's Tower. Um, and that is a place where um, some, uh, let me see if I can get it right, um, some people, Jewish people who lived in York back in like the 1400s or 1500s were taken there and basically locked up there for being Jewish anti-Semitism has been going on for centuries. I didn't realize yeah. that those like whole countries just said like, nope. yeah, Br- Britain did it. Britain expelled them, and then I think there was also a point. You know how swans are owned by the monarchy, like the queen or the king owns the swans. I think Jewish people were once owned by the monarch in a no. similar way. Stop I could, that. I might be wrong about that, but it'd be worth a worth a Google. That is yeah. crazy. That's a crazy fact if it's true. I mean, yeah. it's a crazy fact if it's not true as well. Just to, just to be clear, if you've just come up with it. <laughs> just no, me. But, uh, but yeah, wow, crazy. Europeans, man, white Europeans, especially British, mm. mainly English. Let's be honest, English. Um, All of a sudden, those four white Europeans called. John, Paul, George, and Ringo. Mm-hmm. They look okay, don't they? Not that bad, are they? Not that bad. Um, but moving on. Um, to January 14th, another white European, David Bowie. <laughs> uh, in 1966, he released his first <laughs> single, Can't Help Thinking About Me. Wow, that's early <laughs> though, isn't it? Yeah, 66. I didn't know Bowie was active in 66, but they're yeah. thin white European Duke. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> the, thi- the thin white European Duke <laughs> throwing darts <laughs> in lovers' eyes. Very fair. Um, 
Now, last week, 1982, I talked about Sally Ride, first female astronaut. Um, I got more space facts for you. April 2nd, Luna 10 becomes the first spacecraft to orbit the moon. Oh, all the way around. Uh, uh yeah. Wow. So, do you think that's more impressive than oh, landing cool. on the moon? Okay. Wow, because, because yeah, to land on the moon and not just to crash into it is quite an achievement. Mm. And then to take off from the moon again as well is also quite the achievement. I think if it happened, but uh, but it didn't happen. That's you know right. what I mean? That's right. That's exactly right. Shadows are way off. Um, May twenty sixth. Um, I got some freedom from those pesky white Europeans. Uh, Guyana declared independence from the UK in May twenty sixth, nineteen sixty six. So that's good. Brilliant. Um, now onto a fact that sadly, um was not true oh that's so rough me saying that when you when you sadly this wasn't true but in june 11th french and german media reported the death of roger daltrey leader of the who he is still alive today <laughs> so hang on are you saying that it's sad that it's not true so you're saying you wish he had died that's what you're saying <laughs> if people want to infer from my comments that i've made that I'd like them to put an allegedly on that because I'll be suing whoever. Maybe what you would rather say is that maybe Tommy wouldn't have been made if that did happen. Yes, which would have been a blessing to everyone's ears. That's right. Yeah. I wish they'd have just stopped after my generation. Just stop there. That's, yeah. you've, done, yeah. you've done a good song, folks. I peaked, for sure. You peaked. Like the animals with House of the Rising Sun. You peaked. You know, you've done one song. Stick with it, you know. I heard some of that that arm again, you know, like the Acid Queen, that just crazy stuff. That you know, how are they still going? I have no idea. Yeah, no idea. Um, on to more happier. God rest his soul. (laughs) We to be said. Um, (laughs) on to on to better news. Better news. July first, the first coloured television transmission. Takes place from Toronto, Canada. So, wow, in '66. Yeah. '66, first color television transmission. Oh, yeah. Um, bit of sports. July thirtieth, nineteen sixty-six. We all know what it is. England beat West Germany four-two to win the FIFA World oh, Cup. Well, it came home. Came home. The first and only time England has won the World Cup. Well, it says on this website. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, and to round off, November twelfth, we were talking about space before. Another space fact: Buzz Aldrin takes the first space selfie, and this photo includes himself performing extravehicular activity during the Gemini program. Like extracurricular, but extravehicular. Extravehicular. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, it's a fun word to say. Vehicular. I, it makes me think of, and this is a bigger vehicular manslaughter, which, again, fun to say, not fun to do, but fun to say. Is that when you just kill, when you run someone over, basically? Yeah, pretty much. Okay. <laughs> um, but there you go, there, there are some facts about. Yeah. About six Fantastic. We're talking about people that died in cars. Paul McCartney, here he is. Hello. <laughs> I don't think that's that that wasn't yet yeah, actually. I'm not sure that's happened at this point. But um in um yeah, so Revolver is the seventh seventh crazy, can you believe that? They only started in like sixty four releasing albums. This is the seventh. You know what I mean? Studio it's album. It's like they just put random crap to music and just release Good it. Good ace, mate. I'll kick you out of the Zoom call, all right? <laughs> I tell you. Uh, Revolver is the seventh studio album by English rock band The Beatles. It was released on the 5th of August 1966 and accompanied by a double A side. They don't have an A and a B side, The Beatles, no. They have a double A side. 
anyone know what those double A sides were? No. Ah, Grace, I think, no, <laughs> not even, not even willing to unmute the zoo. I'm just like, no, just tell me. Uh, Eleanor Rigby and ah. Yellow Submarine, which is a funny uh, A side to pick, isn't it? But yeah. yeah. There you go. Uh, the album was the Beatles' final recording project before their retirement as live performers and marked the group's most overt use of studio technology to date. Building on the advances of their late 1965 release, Rubber Soul, it has become oh. regarded as one of the greatest and most innovative albums in history of popular music, with recognition centred on its range of musical styles, diverse sounds and lyrical contents. The Beatles recorded Revolver after taking a three-month break at the start of 1966 and during a period when London was uh, fated as an era's culture, uh, cultural capital. So London is the place to be. And regarded by some commentators as the start of the group's psychedelic period. So they basically, they've got three months off. They're really famous and pretty rich. What can you do with your time? Well, you better find some LSD because it's time to get absolutely smoked off to your head. Uh, so okay. they start taking LSD, they start taking an interest in Eastern philosophy, uh, and they start liking avant-garde music while addressing themes such as death and transcendence uh, of material concerns. And if you read around that, basically, they got really high to the point when they would have an out-of-body experiences and started making weird music, is basically what happened there. But with no plans to like kind of go back on the road or like what they were doing was they were about to go on the road and this was when um John said oh the Beatles are bigger than Jesus and or and all that stuff um <clears throat> which would come back to bite them in the backside a little bit later um but they when they go on tour they're just doing the same music over and over so they're not doing any of Rubber Soul really they're not doing any of Revolver they're just doing the old stuff doing a 40-minute set and getting off. And some of the reasons for that is because of the use of, like, the automatic double tracking that they're doing, the very speed, speeding up tracks, speeding down, reversing tapes, uh, close audio miking. Grace, is the, this is the first Beatles album when they actually record instruments properly because um, you always kind of moan at the Beatles. Properly. Oh. <laughs> more properly, more properly. Um, uh, and they use instruments outside of their standard live sets kind of thing. So uh, there's more Eastern instruments and there's more drones and tape kind of loops and things like that. And Eleanor Rigby obviously uses um, a full string quartet rather than, um, in fact, it must be more than a quartet, a full string orchestra. It's an octet. Can't even say it. Um, so yeah, there you go. The sessions also included non-album singles, Paperback Writer and Rain, which are two fantastic songs. Um, and I don't know, we could just talk, I could just, honestly, this page that talks about it, we could just read and read and read about the significance and what this album did and the songs and things like that. But I wonder if we get onto our thoughts about the album. Adam, would you like to start us off? I would be more than happy to. Um, more than happy. So, oh, it's a big one. It's an absolute banger of an album again. Um, my first thought about how groundbreaking this album is. So, obviously, Rubber Soul, you've got um, Norwegian Wood. The Beatles introduced this sitar, which sounds a bit silly because... No, they're, they're not the creators of the sitar. Sitar has been used in Indian music and kind of you know Eastern music for millennia. But they introduced the sitar to the Western world and popularized it um, through the teachings of like Ravi Shankar and all that and George getting into it on Rubber Soul with Norwegian Wood. And then they go that step further, as only the Beatles can. They evolve it and they bring out like uh, Love You Too. And tomorrow never knows. 
And my first thought when listening to this album and, and kind of thinking about what I was going to say was, imagine being a teenager in 1966 England. England have just won the World Cup. You've only just got colour television. You might not even have that. You know, you might not even have a television, really. But if you're lucky enough to have a television, it's in black and white. Like, I think Doctor Who is still a little bit far away. So sci-fi is sort of just becoming a thing. But otherwise, you've grown up. You you were born in the early 50s. You're a teenager now. You, you've had a very hungry... Everything's brown because it's 1960s England. And then all of a sudden, you get this pop of colour. And you get introduced to something that is so far beyond, like, middle Britain. I just think your head would fall off. Like, before this was just a little bit exotic because, oh, these poor lads from Liverpool do rock and roll music, which is American. But they've gone from being so Western to now just bringing all these wonderful Eastern influences, you know, quoting Tibetan holy scriptures and quoting you know all sorts of mad stuff i just think it's incredible so i mean that's that's point one this album is just so groundbreaking for that and that alone but then also it's just got hit after hit after hit um you know and really great like when they go back and do kind of the rock and roll or pop stuff you know with good day sun sunshine which I think John called it like their Tamla Motown bit. It's a bit Motowny and stuff. It's good, you know. It's great. Good day, sunshine is incredible. And um, Paul McCartney puts his his love song in with for no one and um, what's the other one? Uh, for here no there one and everywhere. Here, there, and everywhere. Thank you. Yeah, just like beautiful, beautiful love songs. Here, there, and everywhere is is just so soft and lovely, and. This album for me is very much, well, it's a summer album. But then you've got songs like Eleanor Rigby and I'm Only Sleeping, which are so like a little bit dark and different. And yeah, Yellow Submarines on it, which is so much fun, you know. But then you listen to the original demo of it and it's actually a really sad song. Um, but but thankfully they, they tune it up. Um, Good Day Sunshine and Your Bed Can Sing. The guitar riffs on this, let's talk about. George Harrison for a second and his lead guitar work um, because Taxman such a fantastic like guitar solo it's like really in your face and punchy um, like loads of notes and then and your bear can sing that riff that the guitar and I think the bass follow um, it's just great and, and it's so it's not just four chords and like a little happy you know, Eddie Cochran guitar solo. It's like proper, proper new, different. It's fresh in nineteen sixty six games. It's just incredible. Uh, so yeah, so this album, you can understand why, after Rubber Soul was groundbreaking, and oh, on the other side of the Atlantic, Brian Wilson from Beach Boys is like, right, we have to one up that. And they release Pet Sounds in response to Rubber Soul. And then Paul McCartney, John Lennon, George Harrison, and Ringo Starr turn around and go, Well, we see your Pet Sounds. We bring you this. And it one ups Pet Sounds. Pet Sounds is easily one of the best albums of all time. And yet Revolver just one ups it. So just the level of creativity that the Beatles are bringing out in this era is just insane. The best thing they ever did was stop touring. They used the studio as an instrument. I saw that somewhere, so I can't take credit for that. But using the studio as an instrument and just, you know, they're not just, oh, we've got some songs, we've rehearsed them, we're now going to record them. It's a, again, it's like I was saying last week um, about the perfection around Thriller. The Beatles start to do that a bit more now with their albums going forward, starting with Revolver. They're intentionally like, right, we're going to take our time. We've rested a bit which is rare for the Beatles, but they've rested a bit. And now we're going to intentionally perfect these songs and really create something dynamic, something different, something beautiful in places, something, you know, really cutting when talking about Taxman and stuff like that. 
Um, so it's saying something. It's more conscious. It's brilliant. It's intentional. Genius. Ah, so much good things to say. Yeah, I think I agree. You know, I think this is the. You know, when people say, "What's your favorite Beatles album?" I can never pick, and I can't. I won't be saying this is because I just can't pick. But when I was just looking through, I was like, "There is not one bad song on this uh, album," and I think everybody oh. is like at their peak. You know, everyone is like top form. Like when you get to like uh, "Let It Be," it's basically like a Paul album, and the rest are oh. like following behind a little bit, especially John. Um, was. Sergeant Peppers is a bit like that as well, actually. The White Album, they're all firing really well as well. But this is like, um, this is this is pretty peak Beatles top form, mm. um, just amazing. And not even like they're not even super jaded yet. They're just like they're they're just like flying high. Um, yeah. And I I could do the same thing as you. You know, I moaned about some of the um Eastern pieces or the Eastern piece that was on um. Sergeant Peppers, and I think the ones that are on this album are way better. I love, yeah. love you too. I love Tomorrow Never Knows. Um, yeah, I think just so many great songs. It's like a short album. The first three songs are like two minutes long, and they just slap straight away. Um, I'm Only Sleeping is one of my favorite deep cut Beatles songs. It's like it's probably good. top five or ten Beatles song of all time for me. Really, really love it. Um, Ringo sounds great all the time. On Yellow Submarine, it's one of the mo- I know we take the mic, but it's one of the most famous songs of all time. And that's just yeah. like you know, it's a bit of a it's a it's a f- interesting song, isn't it? But and like got to get you into my life, Doctor Robert talking about like I don't know the way they talk about drugs without talking about drugs uh, and talk about you know all these different topics. It's just really great. Um, and your bird can sing those guitar licks. I don't know, Adam, I, th- I think I'm just going to end up repeating you, but I just think it is the most fantastic. Um, yeah. And people talk about um, Here, There and Everywhere a lot, don't they? About like it being one of the, the best songs ever written, basically. Um, yeah. and, and I just think that's just like a, um, you know, we talk about Taxman and Eleanor Rigby and Yellow Submarine um, and other songs before even getting to that one. You know what I mean? And so I just... I just really loved listening to this album again. And it, for me, hasn't dated. And, and like, you know, when you see pictures of them around this time, they look super cool as well. And the album yeah. artwork is really cool. Um, and yeah, I agree with you. Imagine being a kid that grew up in the 50s and you're like 15, 16. I bet this just blew your mind. You know what I mean? You're putting yeah. that record on for the first time. I uh-huh. can't even imagine. And that like, you know, we all, everyone... Um, like doubles up their vocals now that's what everyone does and that's what the Beatles were doing but when they got automatic doubling up it was a game changer and that wasn't happening before the Beatles Um, and there are so many things like that that we talk about with the Beatles um, being like the leaders in that stuff Um, yeah it's just amazing and the way that that stuff like compresses the vocals and just does amazing stuff in the sound of it. I just think it's amazing. So yeah, just one of my favorite albums of all time. I think, yeah, oh. really love it. Grace, give us an opinion. <laughs> right. So I know this has become a thing, right? Where I just leave the Beatles stuff because it's the Beatles, right? Yeah. But I actually don't hate this album, guys. Oh my goodness. I actually don't hate this album. I. Is it because it's it's George Martin? I don't know. Does he have <laughs> you can just say it's because of the Beatles. <laughs> um, but like my quads, as you guys know, has been their production. You know, first about the we don't talk about him. Um, Bill Spector's nowhere near this. Nowhere near exactly, it. exactly. And maybe that's why I like it so much. Also, is it because I've listened to the remastered version? I don't know. Who am I to judge? Right, but. I don't hate it. There are some on here, right? Eleanor Rigby. I had to analyze that for my English classes in school. So I absolutely despise that song. I think beautiful <laughs> strings, beautiful strings, but I despise the song because I had to analyze it to death and it makes me feel sick now. Yellow Submarine. We, it's great, but we know it's a joke, right? 
let's not let's not consider that real song. But the rest of the album, I actually think is pretty good, to be fair. And and there are some highlights. I enjoy the fact that Taxman is a stupid song. Now I criticize the Beatles for, for just singing stupid songs that make no sense. And Taxman is just a stupid song, but I actually enjoy it. But it's actually like a proper little diss of the tax man. You know, we love it. Exactly. Two in one. Do you know what I mean? Two yeah. in one. Um, but she said, she said. Really fun. Ringo. Doing bits. And that's not like me. Ooh, that's not like bits. me to say. But he's doing a couple bits in this song. Couple bits. And yeah, he's just super tight, super tight with the, the guitar riffs. It's not, I normally it'd be the bass, right? But with the guitar, he's just like locked in. I'm like absolutely loving it. Um, Here, there and everywhere. Vocals, mm-hmm. beautiful. Borderline creepy, but I'm on the side of the beautiful. Right? Nice. Beautiful, beautiful. Um, What else do I enjoy? I enjoy a lot of them. Good Day Sunshine. I think it's probably one of my faves. Super fun. fun. It's a great song. Also, it's George Martin on the piano. There's cute little like licks every now and again on the key on on the piano. What's he doing? And those weird time signatures in the um the chorus are pretty cool. Yeah, weird drums. It's just really fun, and those stabs and everything. Who doesn't love a stab? Great times. Great times. Great fun. So all in all, I I don't know what's wrong with me. Maybe I'm just in a a good mood, but I I enjoy I enjoy it. There are some. There are some album fillers for sure. There are going to be on every album. There's a lot of tracks. What is it? 14. A lot to go wrong in that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So you got you got to know that some are going to be duds, you know. And some yeah. are. Uh-huh. <laughs> we can't lie. As if there's some duds on this. Some are, no, come on. Not, not to make you angry, but Paul McCartney for no one. Made for no one. Used to make me cry, mate. Not for me. Honestly, oh, Not that's the me. most beautiful song, mate. No, there's a story behind it. Right, let me tell you the story behind for no one. <laughs> he wrote that in the bathroom having an argument with his girlfriend Jane Asher because you that they were falling out of love. And when you know that, and like in her eyes, you see, oh, just it's beautiful, you know. No sign of love behind the tea. Cried for no one. But he should have oh. given that song to someone else to sing. He should have passed that on no. to someone because he, he butchered it. He really did. No, did. come on. Um, go on. No. So, yeah, there's someone here that I feel how I feel about a lot of Beatles stuff. Um, Creepy voices we could do without them. John could pack it in, you know. Um, But all in all, there's a lot of fun going on and I am pleasantly surprised. <laughs> so good. I love that... Um. The, you know, she said, she said, I love the lyrics in that song. She said, she, I know what it's like to be dead. Uh, it's just crazy. It's about like Jane Fonda just like absolutely getting smashed off her face on LSD and going around like telling everyone she was dead and like just mad stuff. But Jane Fonda became like a weird, controversial Christian, right? Telling uh-huh. people they weren't allowed to do certain things in America, I think. But uh-huh. uh, yeah, and there uh, she was in the 60s, just absolutely getting blitzed, mate. You know what I mean? Off her head. Honestly, just getting absolutely blitzed off her head. So, but yeah. Uh, maybe it's not Jane Fonda, actually. Now I'm looking at it. I'm not sure. Henry Fonda. It was, well, it was Peter Fonda, maybe. Peter. I knew it was one of the Fondas. Peter Fonda. The younger brother of Jane Fonda. So maybe Jane Fonda was there. I don't know. Can't remember. Does it, Can't remember. Does it, like, I feel like I was there. To, I wasn't there. He was talking to John or something in it because he nearly drowned and he was talking to John at a party. party. I was like, do you know what it's like, guys? Because I do. And they were all like, oh, shut up. But then they were like, oh, actually. It's a bit, a bit of a bomb. Crazy. 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 Inspiration. Adam, if you had to pick one highlight from this album, what would it be? Oh, um, I think it's tough um i've got two and you can't stop me um it would be um good day sunshine and and your bacon thing brilliant brilliant i think i I would go for uh go on carry on no they're they're just incredible songs Um, i i think i'd go for i'm only sleeping i think that's some master class 
John Lennon writing. Yeah. Like the, and the backwards guitars on it. Oh, mm-hmm. I just remember being mesmer- mesmerized by them. It's so um, classic that you like that one. I think that's one of the worst. Grace, I don't think you know what you're talking about, mate. I, I tell you, unbelievable. But maybe I never realized when we started this we'd have such polarizing opinions on music. <laughs> Can you believe it? But there you go. Fantastic. Well, we're going to compare it uh, to Back to the Water Below um, by um, Royal Bloods. <laughs> I, I forgot what they were called for a second then. Um, but we're going to take a break and then we're going to talk about them. Fantastic. Welcome back from the break. We're going to talk about Back to the Water Below, which is the fourth studio album by English rock duo Royal Bloods. It was released on the 1st of September. 2023 by Warner Records. The album is produced by the band themselves, having previously self-produced the majority of their previous album. It received acclaim from critics. Uh, Back to the Water Below was recorded in Royal Blood's home of Brighton. Um, And they decided um, with the idea of producing themselves, um, they got very little input from other people, basically, and just decided to go it you know basically they said they they wanted to um let the process um force things that would well hang on let me reread this what is it even saying from my care said in an interview with enemy that the recording process allowed the band to force themselves to do things that came naturally that doesn't really make sense that does it Four things that came naturally. There you go. Anyway, the album title takes its name uh, from the lyric from the song Pull Me Through. So, guys, another reasonably length album. This is 31 minutes as well. But It's um, a tight one. It's a tight one. What did you think, Adam? I remember when Royal Blood kind of burst onto the scene. I feel like it was early 2012. Um, they kind of came out, um, and I was like, "Oh, good, these guys are proper rock and roll." I was getting into Led Zeppelin a lot back then as well, um, for like the first time and discovering Led Zeppelin, um, and so like to hear a modern band do these like incredible guitar—well, not guitar, bass, bass riffs that have, are so overdriven that they're basically guitar—was um, incredible. And then for me, though. What stands out on any Royal Blood track is the drums. Their drummer, whose name I have forgotten, Ben Thatcher. Their drummer, Ben Thatcher, is just... It's not what he plays, it's how he plays it. Much like John Bonham. Like he just he smacks those skins. Smacks those skins. And, and it comes through. Um, and I really like that. So for me, that's what made me think, oh, this album was actually really good not only is it like just a real tight 31 minute dead explosive although it's got the quiet moment but just like explosive album um yeah it's got that it's got that heavy hit and drums sound that i think a lot of music is lacking especially a lot of because this is this is pop i know i'm saying like rock record but it is more like pop to think you call it it's like popular rock um but yeah i i enjoyed it because of that it's tough because much like last week how can you follow such a perfect album how can you compare it to an album that literally broke ground because this isn't groundbreaking like i've just mentioned led zeppelin also had a hard hitting drummer and fantastic guitarist so you know they also had a better singer and a better basis. So it is what. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Um, I mean, the moon, moon, Mountains at Midnight, the opening song, it comes in with that energy. I enjoyed that. Um, the fire line, from what I can remember, was a bit of a quieter one, but I enjoyed that. Um, so yeah, I enjoyed it. Will I listen to it again? Probably, actually. Um, you know, because I've got their first few albums saved on my phone and whenever they pop up I'm like yeah, yeah I'm into it it's for when you want something a bit heavier you know um, so yeah so I enjoyed it but it's tough to go after one of the best bands of all time 
Yeah, fair. I hear that. I hear that. Grace, do you have any thoughts about this album? I actually really enjoy their sound. I enjoy the tour of the guitar. I think it sounds great. I think very, very strong opener, which is weird because I don't think it actually sets a tone for the rest of the album. I think the the that first track, Mountains at Midnight, is like so full out and big and powerful. And actually the rest of the album like isn't. It has its moments, but it's actually like a very diverse album album each track is like different to the next uh, but it's a strong opener it's great I feel like there isn't a lot maybe I'm completely wrong I don't know I just feel like there isn't a lot of rock going on at the moment not a lot of new rock bands going on at the moment so I feel like it's quite refreshing bit of a change mm. I feel like we're fully saturated with pop at the moment we could mm. you know we could do a little change Um, mm. but I enjoyed it pull me through great a chill little vibe good groove going on i think in a lot of their tracks they utilize dynamics well it's not like just full out cranked up the whole way through it's you know it takes you on a little journey there's there's high points there's low points they're telling a story with their music i'm not sure they're like changing changing lives lyrically speaking they're not like you know the most life-changing lyrics or anything like that um but they're good musicians. I think the vocals are good. I think they have a lot of potential. I think they are like Imagine Dragons, if not better. Enjoy yeah, it. Man. No doubt better. I am. Adam, am I right in thinking that um, all the guitars, or most of the guitars, are actually bass guitars? I, I know that's what they do live. Um, but I think they've probably... Probably just done two separate tracks of a guitar and a bass because he does this this mad thing, doesn't he? Where he has like a he has like his Fender, it's definitely a Fender bass. Oh no, yeah, it's a Fender Starcaster bass, I think, or something like that. Um, but he he puts like a pedal effect on it and stuff like that to have the overdriven guitar. But I, I think they probably double track it if that's the right term. I think it's a bit, but yeah, well, yeah, yeah, I guess it, I guess it is, yeah. Two separate tracks. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, cool. cool. I um I I thought this was rubbish, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no. I just thought it was I I don't like riff rock, you know what I mean? I just don't care. Just, it's very riff. Yeah. Yeah, I don't care. There's not one memorable thing on this. It's just like so <laughs> You know, I don't know. I just, I don't want to talk about it because I won't even talk nicely about it. I just, not a fan. But I re- I don't like any Royal Blood Journey. I bet the boss live, but I don't care. So, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> just not, it's not for me, really. For them. Fair enough. Yeah. And it is hard to compare it, like, when you're comparing it to, well, like, I think sonically, um, Revolver is quite diverse. And this is just like overdriving drums and overdriven vocals, do you know what I mean? distorted vocals. Mm. That's about it. Whereas, like, you got Eleanor Rigby and you got Taxman, you got all these sounds. Don't compare it to Eleanor Rigby. You know what I mean? Well, that's the thing, but that's what we're doing in it. So, <laughs> you know, it's a bit mad, isn't it? It's a bit hard to do. But, um, yeah, I'd, I don't know. Yeah, good two out of ten. Two out of ten. No, two out. Sorry, that's quite low. Two out of five. Two out of ten. Two out of ten. You should do it again. You know, I enjoyed it. Really? Is it? Yeah, I just do it again for sure. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Actually, I'd probably listen to it again. Yeah. Yeah. Probably would. I think you're doing an Adam with Thriller. You've just got your like your what was it? Your honey in your ears. What has he got in his ears? Yeah. I got honey in my ears, and I got vinegar in my mustard. <laughs> something like that who knows yeah it's all gone in my eyes or something <laughs> yeah yeah there's like one of the critical reception like things that was said about it was tightly wound riffing and ludicrous lyrics but let me tell you it's not something I'm looking for not really not your bag well, ludicrous re- lyrics are our revolver. You know, there's some great ludicrous. Oh, you say ludicrous lyrics. They're like exactly what the Beatles do. Yeah, Beatles. that's right. 
But yeah. I, I just, I don't know. But I, I love like old school, like System of a Down. I'd say they're like, he- like, like riff metal or something like that. They're proper sick. But this is just, you know, when you said Imagine Dragons, it's Ooh. basically that, and it's basically like. To be it's fair, like, if you love like full out, like heavy rock, then yeah, this is not going to be. Mm. It's not going to be the one. It's like getting the shandy in it. It's like it's not a beer, but it's more of a beer than, you know. <laughs> if you're a ten year old, if you're a ten year old, it's the best <laughs> beer you've ever had. Yeah, but you know. Mm. I like that. I like that analogy. Yeah. Yeah, it's not a beer. It's a shandy. Fair play. Shand- but I don't want Shandies. Mm. So there you go. Right, fair enough. Which would you rather, Grace? I promise you, right? <laughs> I don't even know what what will come out if if you're just like, oh yeah, so you know. But are we? Uh, are you going to go for Royal Blood, Grace? Oh no, right. I'm not even messing. This is actually hard because I enjoyed the Royal Blood album. I did, but I also enjoyed the Beatles. I would listen to the both again. Has someone put you up to this? No, actually. Like this this whole thing. I would listen to them both again. Fair enough, right. But if we look back at all the other Beatles albums we've done, I'm pretty sure I've chosen the other album. Yeah. I don't think I've ever chosen a Beatles album. Yeah. Probably. And so this is, you know, these are on par for me. Wow, so you're not picking this time. I don't think I've to make a commitment to the Beatles fully. Because this is an all right album. No, too bad. I'm not going to do it again that much, have I? All right, I'll have the Beatles. Bye. <laughs> Come on. Uh, and Adam, you pick a revolver, right? Absolutely. Yeah, in a heart piece. You know what I mean? It's not Happy. even... A five out of five. It's a, are you giving it a five? Yeah, of course. It's yeah. it's it's the album. Yeah. <laughs> it's the album. I like that. Do you think it's their best album? Well, I was about to say, like, for most bands, they'd, like, call it quits there. They're like, we can't top that. We're done. They then went on, the Beatles then went on to do to do Abbey Rose, which is widely considered one of the best albums of all time. They then went on to do Sgt. Pepper's. They then went on to do flipping Magical Mysteries all, which most people don't even like, but I do. They did the White Album. Like, they went on to do, they let it be. They went on to do... This is, like, literally the midpoint of their career. When have they gone to India yet? No. No. No, they're a bit... They're, like, a year away from it. No, I mean... They're still... It's it's so... This is the thing about the Beatles and their output. You say before about this, their seventh album. Yeah. Bands normally finish after, like, three albums, five albums. To get to seven albums and then still their best work isn't even out yet they were relentless people don't understand like relentless and yeah you could say like some of their early albums like Beatles for Sale bit crap all filler I get that contractual obligations they have to release an album but just the level of output you can't they're the best bands of all time all time (laughs) no I like that, Grace. You you asked, "Is this your favorite album?" And Adam gave you another like, <laughs> just like, Sorry. "I'm going um, for it." I'm telling you why yeah, the like Beatles are the best. The <laughs> it's not even my favorite Beatles album. No, it's not. But there we go. There's your answer. <laughs> Fantastic, um, Grace. What would you give it if you were giving it a rating? The Beatles album. I would yep. rate it a three point five. Oh my goodness! Disgusting. I literally no one can see us because it's a podcast, but in my notes I preempted that you'd say a four. Four is fair. <laughs> to be fair, four is all right, but no, no, no. that'd be my max. No, if you're saying three point five, that's fine. Yeah, that's what like But are you saying that because you think I'm going to give it a five? Um, no, are you no, stitching no, no, no. me up? No, because you absolutely are going to give it a five. I know that. I didn't need to ask you, but <laughs> I, I will say that. I didn't need to ask. <laughs> didn't need to ask. Yeah, but I would give it a five. I would. Well, why is it only a three point five? 
because I did enjoy it but it's still like it's not like the most exceptional thing I've ever read I'm like pleasantly surprised do you know what I mean because I'd my expectation on the floor so I'm like oh this is fun do you know what I mean this is great but I'm gonna go listen to Taylor Swift next I'm not listening to that again you know what I mean I mean Taylor Swift must love the Beatles right absolutely she does no playing all right well okay I'm giving it a five there's no mm. doubt in my head this is a five it's one Hall of the of greatest oh. Uh, oh yeah it's Hall of Fame of course it's Hall of Fame Forgot you've got mention. any room left in there um, I don't know. Well, you, oh, there's only meant to be ten, right? Ten, yeah. Wow. Well, do you know that when we get to zero or the last, I think I'm going to allow us to redo our Hall of Fame. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> retrospectively. Do a yeah, yeah. Retrospective. Yeah. But um, but obviously mine won't change because you know. Been <laughs> I've always been right the whole time, you know. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> you started off from the beginning every week. Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame, absolutely. <laughs> no, no, there were albums that were Hall of Fame albums right at the beginning. Anyway. Adam, would you put this in your Hall of Fame? Oh, yeah, 100%. Hoff. Oh, fantastic. What brilliance. What what good albums, honestly. What a good time. I mean, what one good album. <laughs> it's really good. Would you like to know what next week's albums are? Yes, yes. please. Right, this is exciting. We are listening. Been waiting for this for a long time, actually. Lauren Hill, the miseducation of Lauren Hill. Oof. And do you know what its verse is? Go on. Do it's either not... of you remember? No. It's better. 1989 by Taylor Swift. Uh... Come on. Taylor's version. Very exciting. It's been a mixed bag of reviews from the fans. Mm. I don't know if... Uh, well, yeah, the Swifties, some of them aren't, I know aren't that impressed with 1989, but I I mean, I like it. Spoiler alert. But yeah, so they we'll find out. Yeah. But there we go. Fantastic. Well, guys, I'll see you again next week. <laughs> I mean, hopefully I'll see you in between. I don't just... <laughs> I mean, life is that busy, isn't it? It's unfortunately. <laughs> but um, yeah, but... Uh, I'll see you soon and thank you for listening. Mm. See you Have later. a wonderful week. Yes. Yeah. Yes.